you would, remain standing for the reading of God's Word and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find this on page 541. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. We've been walking verse by verse through the book of Proverbs, and we're doing something very unusual as a church. We're doing... uh, topical now as we finish up Proverbs before we get to Proverbs 31. So Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. So in this Christian life, we are called to remember what the Lord has saved us from. By God's grace, we who are in this room who are saved, we've been saved from hell by the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Christ, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. We were dead in our sin. And God the Father drew us to himself through the preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and John 6, verse 44. We are called to remember what the Lord has saved us from. But, as God's children, we are also called to remember what the Lord has brought us into. When the righteousness of Christ was imputed to us, the true picture that God the Father, he no longer sees our sin... But when he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ the Son. He sees his child sealed by the Holy Spirit, but we must not stop there. We must remember that you and I are not alone. We were adopted by the Father and brought into a family, God's family. And his family is forever. His family is without end. The brothers and sisters that we see today and worship with, we will see for all of eternity. Proverbs is not silent about the family of God. This wisdom book informs us not only the path of lady wisdom in which we are called to walk as his children, but also the company that we are to surround ourselves with. Friends are needed in all seasons of life, not just seasons of difficulty. We find the word friend or friends used 14 times in this wisdom book. Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. As men and women who have been adopted by God for his glory, the Lord has much to say about friendship. A few examples of close friendship that we find in God's Word will be Elijah and Elisha, David, Jonathan, Paul, and Timothy, just to name a few. Companions or superficial friends is not our goal. We are called to have close friends, friends in Christ, those who are closer than a brother. Friends are literally those who love those whom you have close fellowship with. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times. We need close friends in Christ. 
In Proverbs 27, we find this, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend clums from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Friends are needed in this life. We are not God. We are dependent upon the Lord for all things. We need things in this life. This is why God has called his children to come to him and to pray. And in this life, we need godly friends whom we can walk with. Close godly friends whom we trust. And believe me when I say this, close godly friends whom we trust, they are sweet graces in this life. Sweet graces that we need to thank the Lord for as well as cherish. You protect. Godly close friends are those who are there for you. They love. And they love you in all seasons. They provide an ear as well as counsel. They tell you the truth when you are wrong and they confront you when you are in sin. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. We all need friends who will speak wise counsel into our lives. We all need friends who wound us by loving us and showing us our sin. Friends who will go out of their way to help us image Christ. Friends who put the needs of others above their own. Friends who correct you and not flatter you. Proverbs 29, verse 5, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. You know, a friend will not shower you with words of flattery when you're rolling around in the mud pit of sin. A close friend will faithfully tell you the truth even when it is painful to hear. This past week, I read a story written by Tim Challies about a pig and a sheep. A farmer noticed that his pig and sheep had escaped by breaking down a section of the fence. He wouldn't search for them, and he, he could not find them, so he went out the next day looking for them, and he found them only because he could hear the sheep crying out. They had both fallen into a deep ditch, unable to get out. The pig was content to wallow in the mud. Therefore, he did not cry for help. While the sheep bleat pathetically until the farmer had come to rescue it, to lift it out, and to cleanse it. These are the words of the farmer. If you are ever deceived into a sin and overtaken by a weakness, don't lose heart. Go at once to your compassionate Savior. Tell him in the simplest words the story of your fall and the sorrow you feel. Ask him to wash you at once and to restore your soul. And while you are asking, believe that it is done. For if a sheep and a pig fall into a ditch, the pig wallows in the mud, but the sheep bleats pathetically until it is cleansed by her master. Be the sheep, my friend, and not the pig. You know, we need friends who are willing to be the farmers in our life. Those who will come looking for us and not leave us in our sin. 
Those who will find us and point us to Christ in all things, in all circumstances. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. So two are better than one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. But woe to the one who is alone. For those of us in this room who have walked the path of Lady Wisdom for a while, we can tell you testimony after testimony of how important it is to have godly friends in your life at all times. We know how essential it is to have close friends who call you out, close friends who hold you accountable, and close friends who are always praying for you. Children and youth, if you are young in this room, I hope you will listen closely and grasp the importance of having close, godly friends, especially in these early years. Sometimes in this life, the obvious escapes us. But we need close, godly friends. We need good friends. We need the wisdom of God in our life, and we need godly friends to remind us of this wisdom in all seasons. And I know that the majority of you, you sit week after week and you hear me preach, and I don't need to say this, but I will. The purpose of godly friendships is not you. The purpose of godly friendships is the glory of God. That's the purpose. It's not so you can say, I have awesome friends that I call my own. No, it's to say that God has provided you with amazing gifts in which will encourage you, strengthen you, edify you for the purpose of us not wasting a minute in this life, but a purpose of us glorifying the Lord. So yes, absolutely, the subject of friendship is of great importance. Proverbs 13, verse 20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So we need good friends, but we can also have bad friends. Some people in this life, they like you for what they can get from you. Some will use you for their end goal. Their end is their benefit, and they don't care what will happen to you. If you have friends who are a bad influence, the more you spend time with them, the more that you will imitate them. When you walk with the wise, you become wise. When you walk with the fool, you will suffer harm. When a child of God has fools for their closest friends, this will cause them great harm. The dishonoring habits that surround them will eventually become their own sinful habits. Proverbs 24 Verses 1 through 6. It says, Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence, their lips talk of trouble. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might, for the wise guidance can be 
wage your war, and an abundance of counselors, there is victory. We should not desire the company of evil people as our closest friends. Those who are evil devise violence. Their lips talk of trouble. Those who are close friends need to be those who remind us of who we are and who we belong to. Why we are here. I'm not saying that we don't need friends in our life who are lost or that we don't love our close neighbors who don't believe what we believe. We need to have both close godly friends and we need to reach the world with the gospel. Both of these must be true in the life of a Christian. There are many attributes of a real godly friend in which I will discuss, but this is by no means a complete summary. So what is it to be a godly friend? Number one, being a true friend begins with our relationship with God. It's basic and simple. Being a true friend begins with our relationship with God. Our best friend is to be the Lord. If you get that wrong, every other relationship in your life will be heartache after heartache. Our best friend is to be the Lord. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is literally the perfect example of a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus came and did the Father's will. He left the crowds. He left the disciples to go and to be with his Father. He laid down his life on the cross in obedience to the Father. We need to daily meet with the Lord so that we can be a true friend. If we are to love others, we must first meet with the Lord of love. John 15, 13 through 16. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So Christian, the sinless Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, chose you and calls you friend. I know it's obvious, but if Jesus chose you, you did not choose Jesus. Jesus chose you. Jesus appointed you. Jesus calls you friend. The Son of God has appointed you to go and to bear fruit. And one of the graces that helps you in bearing good fruit is godly friends. Matthew 22 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is a great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the order. You love God, then you love your neighbor. God is primary, others are secondary. Our greatest relationship is to be our relationship with the Lord, and this relationship makes us true, godly friends to others. You know, the pursuit of imaging Christ and growing in Christ's likeness is what makes us a true friend to others. True friendship is fruitful. Because we've been resting in Christ. Being a true friend begins with our relationship with God. Number two, a true friend is a servant. 
A real friend does not ask, how does this serve me? A real friend asks, how can I serve this person for the glory of God? Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You love for all seasons. The good and the difficult. The laughter and the weeping. You also love for all attitudes. The pleasant as well as the grumpy. A true friend is a servant. It's not based upon what can they get or how they are treated. A true friend loves at all times. Proverbs 3, 28 and 29. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustfully beside you. You serve because you love them and desire to build them up for the glory of God. You're willing to give whatever is necessary for their sake and their walk with the Lord because that's what brothers and sisters do. A true friend is a servant. A true friend is not selfish. Number three, a true friend tells the truth. Amen. A true friend tells the truth even when you and I don't want to hear it. How often do we go and we look for guidance and we really don't need guidance from someone? We just need someone to tell us what we already know. We just need them to say it. That's another perfect example of you and I understanding that we are not God and we have great needs in this life. A true friend tells the truth. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Godly friends will encourage you. They will speak truth in times of success as well as times of heartache. Proverbs 27, 17, Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. True friends are truth tellers. They will tell you the truth about what they see. At the same time, they will also be truthful concerning their own life. We've all had these type of friends. We've had the type of friends who will be quick and easy to tell you the truth, but they will not be quick and easy to tell you the truth about their own life. A true friend does both. That's what you need. Someone who is transparent, someone who is honest, True friends are truth-tellers. Godly friends will encourage you, but they will also rebuke you. They will inform you of your error. They will confront your sin and not ignore it. If you're married in this room, I am sure you've already thought about your spouse. Yeah, my wife's pretty good at that. Yeah, my husband informs me of that. I don't, I don't receive it well, and that's, that's part of pride. Ignoring sin is not right, and it's not safe. A true friend tells the truth. Godly friends keep their word. Their yes is yes, their no is no. A true friend tells the truth. Number four, a true friend forgives. Proverbs 10, verse 12, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. You see, love does not keep a record of wrong. 
70 times 7 and beyond is the attitude of a godly close friend. It's not that we keep a record. Oh, I've reached it. 70 times 7. I'm done. Godly friends, they also know their great sin because they know their great Savior. Godly friends, they understand how much they have been forgiven, and in response, they forgive. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. This provides great instruction for us. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. the parable of the unforgiving servant. And Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, all that he had and the payments to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Out of pity of him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii after seizing him and began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you and all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers till he could pay all his debts. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So this is a parable that Jesus tells to give an example of how much you should forgive. You know, we read that as God's children. We think, man, there, there is no way that that would happen. Like, there is no way that if I'm standing before someone and my, me and my family are about to be sold into slavery because we can't pay a debt and the master forgives everything, that I'm going to walk away and I'm going to find someone that owes me just a little bit amount of money and I'm going to have them thrown into prison until they can pay it. There is no way that I would ever act like that, but we do. The exaggeration is to prove a point, that if you and I as God's children don't remember what the Lord has done, we're not focused upon the Lord, the relationship with God is not first and primary in our life, we will act just like that. A true friend forgives. Number five, true friendship is hard work. This is where you say, amen, I agree, I understand. True friendship is hard work. 
An intimate relationship with someone will not happen without intentional hard work. You make time for what's important. Just think about it. This past weekend, you made time for what is important. You did. I balanced my checkbook. It's important. I still do that. But you make time for what's important. True friendship is hard work. Consistent communication is needed. As Proverbs 10.24 states, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is work. We cannot sit with our hands folded in the pew and do nothing and expect close friendships to just happen. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. This is work. It is not natural for us. I've heard many men, many women over their lifespan say, well, that's just not for me or that's just not how I'm built. That's how God made you. If you say you don't need it, you need it. True friendship is hard work. You show up when needed. You tell the truth when it hurts you and it hurts them. You provide godly counsel. You're always ready to point them to Christ. You provide a shoulder to lean on. You help in the difficulties of life. You know when to listen and you know when to speak. You know when to correct their wrong thinking. You know when to push them in the right direction. You know when you just need to show up and not talk or not do anything. Just be there. True friendship is hard work because we stumble in many ways. All the qualities of a godly friend will escape each of us from time to time. This is why marriages struggle. This is why real friendship struggles. We stumble in many ways. True friendship is hard work, but the end is God's glory. Therefore, this work of having good, strong, godly friends, it's worth it because it's about the glory of God. Number six, true friendship is wonderful and it's a great gift from the Lord. How sad it would be if God gives us a gift, it's all wrapped up, it's beautiful, and we just look at it. That's great. Not for me, God. If God gives you something, you better receive it. And you better use it for His glory or you're mismanaging His gifts. Proverbs 18.24 A man of many companions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is talking about the fact that you and I are to have strong, godly friendships. Acquaintances will not do. Acquaintances are where you can get to know people just well enough to where they don't have to know the real you so you don't have to have accountability and you don't have to spend time holding them accountable. To have close godly friends is to have something that is priceless in this life. I've never known anybody, and I've been around so many people on their deathbed, I've never known anyone on their deathbed approach me saying, man, I wish I just would have watched one more game. I wish I would have had one more item. No, people on their deathbed, they want 
one thing before they see the Lord. They want to see their friends. Close, godly friends are priceless. Not everyone we know can be a close, intimate friend, but God adopted us into a family. We need to spend time getting to know the family. Christ was close with the twelve, but he spent more time with Peter, James, and John. We need close friends in our life. And some of our close friends need to come from those whom we worship with on Sunday. In Acts, you find the early church, what they were devoted to. The apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. The early church spent so much time together that they knew the needs of each other. And they even sold items that they did not need so they could provide for brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because they understood that godly friends were more important than the junk that they couldn't take with them. This local church, Foundation Baptist Church, we need to imitate the early church. This requires making friendships. This requires a great love for the body of Christ and for that great love of the body of Christ to become a priority. All the things that we are to be as a true friend, all the things that we look for in a true friend, they are attributes of the Savior Jesus Christ. Friends are a gift from the Lord. Our friends will fail us. We will fail our friends. But be encouraged, saint. The Lord has never failed us, and he never will. The Lord is bringing about his creation to his divinely determined goal. And his divinely determined goal is his glory above all things. You see, the path of Lady Wisdom is leading us to eternity in God's forever kingdom. So I know this has been a very difficult thing for us to constantly be evaluating our own life, constantly be looking at our life. That's what Proverbs does. It very rarely takes us to church, but allows us as pilgrims to stop and to look around and to ask questions about our life if we are glorifying the Lord in all things. So here are some questions for consideration this week. Question one, am I being a godly friend to others? Am I being a godly friend to others? For some of you, you may answer that question, no, I'm not being a godly friend to others because I'm not even taking care of my own soul. Do I counsel? Do I serve? Do I tell the truth? Do I confront sin? Do I forgive those who sin against me? Do I listen? Do I encourage others and put the needs of others above my own? Another question, am I available to help others in difficult times and seasons, or is my schedule primarily about me? Am I available to help when others are in need, or is my schedule about me? Let's say you have close friends. How about this? 
Am I being completely open and honest with the godly friends that are in my life? Am I being completely open and honest with the godly friends that I do have in my life? Do I tell those godly friends the sins that I want to keep secret? Do I ask for accountability concerning the messy things in my own life? A good form of truth for you to understand is if you and I are not asking others about accountability, that's usually a good sign that you and I have much to keep hidden. Therefore, we don't want to talk about it. So what barriers have you put in place that do not allow you to have close friends? What barriers do you have? Why are you not being completely honest? Because remember, godly friends, the end is not you. Godly friends, the end is the glory of God. So don't tell me you don't need close friends. You don't have time for close friends. If you want to say something, just tell the Lord you don't have time to glorify Him in this area of your life. Godly friends are needed in all seasons. Are you thankful to the Lord for all the godly friends that have surrounded your life and are currently surrounding your life? Those of you who had in the past, I, I ran through my mind this week. The majority of my godly friends that I've had throughout, throughout the years, specifically in my 10, 15, 20 years in the past, they were all 10, 15 years older than me. I surrounded myself. I was the uncool guy who was surrounding himself with the old men whom I love and cherish, men who poured into me. Are you thankful to the Lord for your salvation and the fact that He not only saves you, He provides you perfect gifts? Godly friends are a gift from the Lord. We need godly friends because even friendship in this life is all about the glory of God. Father, we thank You for this morning. Thank You for... Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who calls us friend, who is our Savior and our Lord. Thank you for salvation and your perfect gifts that you give on this earth right now. How great it is that we can have brothers and sisters in Christ whom we call friends, who can encourage us and spur us on and point us to you, Father. You're so gracious. Lord, forgive us when we isolate ourselves, forgive us, we become so prideful thinking, I don't need anybody. Yes, we do. We always need you and we always need godly friends around us. Father, I pray that we, we as your children, would take your word with great seriousness. We would have so much reverence for you that we would 
stay in your word and know your word because it is not just about reading and studying. It's about applying what you have said for your name and for your glory. Father, we thank you for the close friends that we have. Father, I pray that there would be many men and women this week who would confess their sin. They would confess their sin with brothers and sisters in Christ. They would have stronger accountability. I pray for lives to be reordered so that friendship would be a top priority for us. I pray for this church that we would look like the early church as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers, Lord, we would do the same. Lord, your word informs us about the man or the woman who doesn't have friends. Woe is that person. A scary place to be. Lord, may more godly Relationships be established here. Not for our honor and our glory, but for your name and your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.